The Youthscape Podcast. So, um, Rachel Gardner. Yes. Uh, my name's Martin Saunders. <laughs> Hello, Martin. We have met before. We have. Um, I want to. I want to spring something on you. Oh. I want to ask you what the name Rachel Earwicker means to you. Rachel Erica, well, it's my maiden name. Mm. It was a name before I married Jason and mm. took his name. Would I take his name now? I don't know. What else would Rachel Erica oh. be known Gosh. for? As in ear picker and nose picker. No, no, I'm just wondering what the, the name Rachel Erica. Well, it was pronounced Erica, actually. So was it really? It's called Rachel Erica. Oh, no! Oh, no! Now, I've just. Oh, no! I don't know if you can hear this, gentle listener. Oh. It's a lovely little tune, and listen to this. It's a long intro. Oh. <laughs> You've got to pad a bit more. Sorry, I've had a bit more, because I found this on oh. Spotify with 83,000 listeners. Seriously? 83,000 times this has been listened to. Okay, here we go. You're going to kick in. Oh, I like this. <laughs> this is lovely, isn't it? Uh. I was 19 years old. You were 19? I was 19. Now I have flushes, but then I had flushes. We've heard about that. Oh, that's almost, that was almost in tune, wasn't it? Oh, no. So let's just, before the copyright people get to us, what on earth? Why have you got your own Spotify page? With one of them, Fields of Gold. You've done a cover of Fields of Gold, which is on a variety of Celtic moods. Celtic Sorry, sorry, Celtic's a football team. Celtic (laughs) moods, mellow acoustic moods, Celtic woman, Celtic collection, and Irish romance. I I didn't know you were Irish. I've not seen a single penny for any of this. What? No, no, no money. Well, let me tell you something right now, because Fields of Gold, which I know you didn't write, that was written by Sting, but Fields of Gold has been listened to on Spotify. Do you know how many times? No. You don't know? No. How many times do you think? Twice. You've got got four songs on here, okay? There's the whole of the moon, uh, which we were just listening to. And that has been listened to about 83,000 times. Pretty impressive, isn't it? That is. It's up to you now. Oh, yeah, that was written by this person that I did the recording for. Oh, okay, 12,000 times. Okay, that's good. Uh, Pearl's song? Yeah, he wrote that as well. That song, Celtic Woman, Make You Feel My Love, which feels a bit aggressive. To me, Celtic I woman. I will make you feel my love. Yeah. How do you punctuate that? Celtic <laughs> woman, make you feel my love. Um, that album has Pearl song in it. That's been listened to three thousand times. Okay, not so good. Your cover of Fields of Gold. Yes. Has been listened to one point nine million <gasps> times. What? How have you never received any? Am I a Spotify sensation? Rachel Earwicker. Yeah. Is that's... this you? Let me just skip to the middle of it. Yes, that is me. That's me. Oh, that is me. So how, old you, how old were you then? I was 19. I did all of these in the same week. I was young. I needed the money. Well, I did, well, I um. What's the story? This is, well, there's, there's no story. I just we just moved to Ashburnham Place, and in the little village was like a little Celtic, little bunch of nerdy guys. Actually, I really found bunch of nerdy Celtic <laughs> young guys. guys with pan pipes and little flutes and just a little <laughs> little recording what? studio. They were just really nice guys. So I just did some singing for them, and that that was it, officer. That's all that and they've made a fortune off you. I mean, they probably have. 1.9 million oh, listens on, on Spotify. Oh, surely, you're, surely you're due a little royalty. Uh, yeah, I expect nice. Sting is probably coining it in off of you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, I'm now going to see how many times Sting's version <laughs> of Fields of Gold has been listened to. Talk but amongst yourself. The hilarious thing is, at the same time, I did a bit of recording for a guy that um, he... he 
sort of did his own sort of play film and it was filmed and it went on um, mainstream TV but I sang the, the voiceover for it and it was a really awful film about some just I can't remember now like what the topic of the conversation was but it's me singing this like very lovely little kind of Irishy song mm. but the film is really awful so I think back in those days I had no, uh, no right, sense so Fields of Gold by Sting has been downloaded sorry listened to on Spotify 79 million times oh well, I was one of those million okay then. wait a minute yeah Eva Cassidy, uh, who, you know, the yeah, tragic famously, Eva Cassidy, famously she did a cover of yeah. uh, Fields of Gold, didn't she? It feels yeah. like your version of Fields of Gold yeah. is based on her version of It Fields probably of Gold. was, massively, so. Um, there was no innovation. That's really. only been listened to 18 million times. Oh my so goodness. Only, <laughs> 17 million You know, behind. 10 times less popular than Eva Cassidy. Cassidy. That could be your new strap line. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for that little side track. It's a musical podcast today. There's a lot of music. We've had Rachel Earwax, and we're moving on. And we've got uh, we've got some Norwegian singers later <laughs> yes, on, haven't we? We have. we have. Well, last summer I went to Norway, and there's a, a youth festival called UL. I don't know what it is stands that, for. It's that, a U and letters? an L. Yeah, U L. That's UL. Um, and it's about 5,000 young people, young adults that congregate. And they congregate. They meet at this it's called Kongen Parken and it is a I theme park I didn't know you spoke Norwegian I don't I just pronounce things badly but it's a theme park that's where they hold their youth festival really? and a theme park it is so cool and they have like big gatherings and preach and stuff so I've, I've been out a few years and, and, and preached there and taught there and I love I love Norway I love Norwegians they're beautiful but this time I took my phone and said I want to record some of you chatting to me about youth ministry yeah what was that voice you just did? Was that the Rachel Earwicker voice? Yeah, it was the Fields of Gold. So much recording. We're, we're kind of, listener, we're surrounded by the carnage of lunch here. And I've got that thing where like, I've got crisps like stuck in the back of my throat. Oh. <sighs> yes. Would so you like a drink or something? Thank you, that'd be lovely. So yes, yeah, so I went and hung out with them. And um, I always think it's interesting seeing youth ministry and conferences and events in a different context, isn't yeah. it? Just seeing what the challenges are. I went to one in a football stadium in Holland once run by an organisation called, and I'm not joking, E.O. E.L. and E.O. E.O. And they, uh, they run a, a big youth uh, event called Yonderdentagen, or something like that. that. I may have added a couple <laughs> of syllables. Yonderdentag. Yonder, I think it's Yonger... Yonger... Young, young tag? Yonger tag. Yonger tag. <laughs> You've suddenly gone very glutteral and like, like square-jawed in that as Yonder well. tag. Lovely, excellent. Uh, that was in a football stadium in Utrecht. In ah, Holland. in Utrecht. Yeah. How many people were there then? If it's oh, like thirty-five thousand. <gasps> yeah, kids. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. It? So it was, amazing. and it was so Eurovision as well. They had a whole thing where there were like the hosts, and then there were other mm. like wackier, younger hosts who were backstage in like really zany clothes. Yeah, it was really very European. Yeah, actually, I have to say this this event UL in Kongenbogen, they they absolutely know how to do the stage performance as well. I'm, and, and I'm not saying that as in they couldn't do anything else, but they were just amazing like the quality the high-tech stuff and the outfits it was so cool they were wow. so so cool so uh when you were there yes. you uh, did a couple of interviews did a couple of recordings yes for us. i did coming up at the end we have music yes from a choir yeah well they were and just you are you the... in the choir no that i wasn't in the choir they were just like these lovely young blonde norwegians stood in a circle just singing and i thought i'm just gonna record this it's beautiful it was just so nice um, but I interviewed a guy called Morten. Morten? Morten? Yes. Morten. It's, apparently it's quite a Norwegian name. That's the Norwegian form of Martin. Oh, is 
that's it. That's right. I did not know that. Oh, I did know that actually. It's in the podcast. <laughs> You'll hear this. Um, but he heads up the festival. But what we talk about is actually much more his passion around um, anti-trafficking stuff. Okay. And I thought that was fascinating because I would not, Martin, think Norway, classic place where there's trafficking of people and sex trafficking. But everywhere in the world has this. And so he is somebody who's taken the opportunity to kind of open the eyes of churches, particularly the evangelical church, and particularly youth workers, and say, what are we going to do about this? Mm. And I just thought, like, in this country, we just know that if you're a Christian and you're a part of a church, then you should be passionate about anti-slavery stuff. Yeah. Um, and the Norwegian church obviously know that too, but this is a beginning for them, I think, in many ways. So the Norwegians really haven't involved. really caught up with this yet in well, the church itself I, I get a sense they haven't and I'm, mm. I'm probably painting terrible brushstrokes but I think one thing that I notice that the evangelical church in Norway does amazingly is have a real vision for global mission mm. so at this event we, we met these couples that have been living out in like literally far-flung places in the world where they've had to go learn the language and then stay there for 40 50 years that is commonplace mm. and so the young people growing up in this context really have that as an aspiration to do mission overseas um, but I think what this organization is saying is but what about close to home as well what about mm. on our doorstep the world is here too so having a vision for that so it's amazing okay so you spoke at this event I did I at, the, at the at UL at UL at and I'm going to see if producer Rachel can work her magic here because um, when you were uh, out there somebody out there produced oh, some sort hilarious. of some sort of video where they, they dubbed, dubbed you yeah. but they dubbed you in English they du- yeah I don't know I why don't understand. they dubbed in English they're Norwegians and they dubbed your English preach I don't know in, in English yeah but with a very strong Norwegian accent very funny yes. um, so I'm hoping producer Rachel will be able to find that by the end of the podcast um, but, uh, but until then uh, just introduce us to Morton this is Morton <laughs> The Youthscape Podcast. So, Morton, uh, I can't pronounce any of these Norwegian names. No, that's names. Uh, quite fine. Morton is, ha- is, is it, one is of the, well, it's one of the better versions I've heard, actually. <laughs> is it the best Norwegian name there is? Uh, well, no, you probably have names like Vegar and... <gasps> Yeah. Trun and and uh, names and Ola, not to mention. And they're all Viking types. Yeah, all aren't Viking they? kinds. Of. So <laughs> I, actually, mine is more. It's a Norwegian word, Scandinavian version of Martin. Okay. Oh, Martin! Yeah. <gasps> and I did this podcast with a guy called Martin. Oh, oh that's brilliant. Oh, that's very good. And you're wearing shorts, and he likes to wear shorts oh, well, as well. In this weather, there's no other way no, to. No, it's so yeah. hot, isn't it? It's never been so hot in this festival. Ever. I love it. Now, Martin, you and I had lots of very hilarious email contact yeah. before I came across because <laughs> you have a very funny sense of humour. And I think you were in the UK when we, you were in the UK with yeah. your wife, and yeah. it began to rain, and the whole of the UK just freaked. Out. Yeah, no, it, it started to snow. Actually. Oh, it started to snow. Yeah, it started okay. to snow. It was in the famous storm in you guys had in February or March or somewhere. Very famous. It was. We were in Bath and uh, and suddenly all the stores closed. Yeah, because people had to get home because it yes. snowed. It snowed. Yeah, it was probably like three minus Celsius degrees, and we were like, this is a normal. Normal day in Norway, actually. <laughs> in the summer, <laughs> yeah. it's a normal day. Yeah, and 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 we were we were like 
fascinated about how everything closed and everyone was panicking and then we finally got to our hotel and then we realized oh there's a three hour long live coverage of the storm yeah absolutely yeah. we milk it don't we yeah we got. So, so right now it's a heat wave in norway and there's been yeah. no coverage on the news but i know in england yeah it's like oh my goodness it's like yeah. the world's coming to an end yeah this is but this is extreme this, this is extreme uh, yeah for you as well. i i'm calling this it's in almost in like biblical draw proportions here because uh, the farmers haven't had rain for, for months. weeks yeah, yeah months. so this is yeah. crazy this is yeah. not good so we'll we'll do this podcast and then we'll end by doing a bit of a rain dance yeah that, so morton i've dragged you to this room and you can hear probably lovely listeners you can hear a, a, a drum kit starting up and uh, we're, we're right in the heart of the ul youth festival and it's so dynamic and it's brilliant and you draw Christian teenagers and searching teenagers from all across Norway, yeah. mm. some villages and communities where there's just one or two Christian kids. And, and, and what, is, what is the purpose of, of UL? Yeah. What, we, we, what we say is UL is a festival that transforms. Uh, basically, and, and we are focused on transforming the lives of youth in Norway. Um, so the main, main uh, audience is the youth from 15 to 18 years old who's Christians and come from either Christian's home or go, go on, and go on Christian schools actually. Uh, and what we want to do with them is to equip them for a life in mission. Uh, one of the mm, things we, we're known for is the focus on mission both in Norway but especially in, in to the ends of the world. Uh, and we are quite proud of that as well. So what we're, what we're trying to do is to create a week where they can come and really be fed with the best uh, teaching and preaching that we can give them. And we are we're so blessed to have you here for, oh. for this weekend. There, there's the 100 kroner. I'm yeah, just looking yeah. at across the table Thank there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's actually about 10 quid, isn't it? Like, no, yeah, it feels like a lot to me. Yeah. But like, you're like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. So you, you slipped in there that lots of these Christian young people go to Christian schools. Yeah. Now, we don't really have that in the UK. Yeah. What, what is a Christian school? Uh, well, a Christian school is basically is the same as a public school in the most ways in all in most of the teaching and everything but it's a private school uh, and have uh, have different values and have uh, have some more teaching in religion and in Christianity especially and people are living in those schools they go there and live there for three years and some few have actually in in the from their 14 to their 18 as wow. well but most are from 15 to 18 and when and they're staying at the school so well. and would you say that most christian families in norway will send their teenagers to uh, a christian school no or is it this uh, denomination yeah this is the denomination that uh, that does that, yeah, yeah, that does that, and the Norwegian Lutheran uh, Ministries, mm. that's uh, the organization behind this, mm. yeah, does have a lot of schools in Norway. And do you, I mean, I, I suppose it's so interesting because it'll be, it'll be listened to by youth workers in the UK. Lots of us will spend time in the high schools in our area with teenagers, some of whom are Christians, many of whom are not. The majority of schools in the UK, even those with a Christian ethos, will have young people from all backgrounds. So even going to a church leaving the school doesn't mean every kid is a Christian or anything like that. Um, and, and we hold that quite passionately, quite that we want to engage with, with all young people. Do you, do you find in Norway that there's kind of evidence that, that teenage, Christian teenagers going to a Christian school, it does underpin their faith and they, they, they grow, they, they mature as Christians? Well, or is it... Yeah, I think I it's a big either-or, actually. Um, we have... Uh, uh, I'm not sure what's the organization called in in uh, in English in the England because we have IFES or uh, yes uh, IFES yeah. yeah so we have fusion and yeah. 
yeah, yeah, and and and, and uh, I think there's a, for some they come from a place where they maybe were were the only Christian, and for them it would be impossible to stay in that environment and stay mm. a Christian because they have no Christian friends and maybe not even Christian parents, mm. and for them it's crucial to be able to be in a safe environment where they can be feel like they can have a safe identity in Christ in and be with uh, like-minded uh, youth, uh, but I. I my fear with that as well is that we uh, they get more passive and uh, in the, those christian schools as well they there are uh, non christians but i don't feel that there's the same automatic response of all well, we have to uh, mm. make them meet jesus mm, mm. Uh, but, but this is uh, more black and white than it's the reality is but but i i think that the uh, it's a double-edged sword. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, it is so interesting. And I've, I've loved coming over a couple of times and, and teaching at these schools. And I, and I think I feel the same as you. I walk in and think, what an incredible privilege. Yeah. But also when I was 15, 16, I probably wouldn't have realised what a privilege it was. Yeah. I, I probably would have sat back and been a bit like, oh, you know, yeah. they're making me pray again. It's a, it's a challenge, isn't it? Of course, in the UK, we have Fusion, we have UCCF, and then IFUS is across um, mm. Europe. And, and, and education, how we support young people to live out their faith within whatever educational establishment they're in is a real challenge, isn't yeah. it? And, it, and we, it raises lots of questions of how do you really build maturity into mm-hmm. young Christians, which is what you're seeking to do here with UL. But you yourself yeah. are, are overseeing this festival, yeah. but actually in your day-to-day job, you're, you're doing something very different, aren't yeah, you? Tell well, us about that. Yeah, actually, my, my work is divided in, in two. Actually. I, I, have a, um, I work uh, like in 50% of my time. Is I'm employed to, to make UL happen, basically. But the other part is that I work for an English charity, actually, that has a Norwegian office called Hope for Justice. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and uh, that's probably... Uh, I, I really uh, long for youth here to meet Jesus and be equipped with him. And, but I've, I'm starting to feel more and more that maybe my calling is to unite the whole Christian uh, uh, denominations in Norway for the fight against modern slavery. Wow, uh, yeah. it's the fight against modern slavery. And yeah. So this is an, a, a, a piece of work with Hope for Justice that's taken you beyond one denomination yeah. and giving you kind of a way to build. Are yeah. there good networks across all denominations in Norway anyway? Yeah, there, there are, uh, but actually I've, then that's some things that I've started to realise is that with my background as well, I'm not, uh, I'm, I don't have a background in NLM, uh, which is the organisation behind UL, but, but I, I, I've been so blessed been with having both have teached in in from more liberal places to more conservative places and uh, work with uh, IFS Norway uh, and and have a quite a non-denominational background um, so so I have uh, I, I, I get easy entrance to quite different uh, environments as well and yeah. this topic of ending modern slavery yeah. I think there's been kind of global conscious yeah. awareness hasn't there mm. about this so but we're you know this is norway the land mm. of fjords yeah. and those lovely cinnamon buns with custard right, right. and very yeah. beautiful young people that run off mountains and are just glowing they are just glowing can i just say that <laughs> so so what does modern slavery look like in norway well uh in some ways uh, I, would, I would think that modern slavery in norway looks quite like uh, in britain but we don't have um as i've understood in britain you have uh, quite uh, more poverty in uh, than in Norway. So, but there's forced labor and there's uh, sex trafficking, uh, and 
and a lot and also refugees that tried their luck to get to Norway but uh, get refused and then are on the run from the police as well but we have immigrants from Poland uh, and a lot of the things that we've discovered is from uh, is uh, victims with uh, background from uh, Poland or other mm. uh, West East yeah, yeah. East, what, East Europe. Yeah, East, Europe, Europe, yeah. Eastern yeah. Europe. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. in your role as um, director of Hope for Justice here. Yeah. Well, I'm. I, I'm not a director. I'm a regional development manager. Okay. Is my your role as CEO of Hope for Justice <laughs> yeah, no, here. Yeah, it's like yeah, regional yeah. development. Yeah. Sandra, I'm not trying to take your job. <laughs> yeah, it no. is. Yeah. Um, so, in your role here, in, and what what excites you most about? Where, where are you seeing signs of hope? I'm seeing signs of all uh, a lot in the youth, especially actually, because they are the ones that uh, first are uh, saying we have to do something about it. It's more easy to get them engaged than the older generation. Well, let's talk about that yeah. because that's interesting, isn't it? So mm. why why are you getting them engaged and and the adults? Yeah, not? I, I I wish I knew uh, what the reason is for that. Uh, the I think. In some ways, it is that youth are less um, formed in their ways, and they're looking for something to be engaged in and something to create a difference in the world. And and modern day slavery is one of those things that uh, no one is for it. Mm. There's no one that says no. I I don't want to fight this. But, mm. And and uh, and I think youth really feel the injustice of it, and that people and people in their own age or younger or older are being captive and being forced to do horrendous things. I think that connects deeply in their heart because it's one of the things that connect also deeply in God's heart. Um, so I, th- I think there's something in that. Uh, but but I, I, see, I see a bright future because I think there's an awakening now in this area and it's my one is me and others job to make that go from just an awareness to actually engagement Mm. which i think is the crucial part in this it's interesting to wonder as well as you straddle both these worlds so nlm and 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 making sure this fantastic ul conference happens brilliantly but also this awareness that you have and this heart for the whole church in Norway mm. uniting against yeah. modern slavery. It'd be interesting to see just in a few years' time how that affects youth ministry in mm. Norway. If that becomes one of the great topics that is a yeah. is a missional cry, mm-hmm. and as you say, young people wanting to know what to give their life for, and yeah. they'll give their life for a saviour who says, "I set you free, so you mm. come with me and set others yeah. free." I, I, are you getting glimpses of that? Do you find that youth workers are also grabbing hold of this or are they a bit tougher than... Younger? Yeah, I, the, the challenge... I, I really think that when I sit down and talk with people and explain this is what's happening mm. and, and this is what we can do about it and then a lot of them are saying, well, we want to be a part of mm. it. So truly there are some, a lot of amazing people mm. who, who has already uh, stood up for this and, and actually hope for justice and always beginning in uh, here was that uh, we they created an, uh, uh, an event in Norway in uh, one of the big stadiums in Oslo uh, and they gathered around 10,000 people wow. or something like that to to go and uh, in one uh, the event was called one day and it was like one day everyone will be set free wow. and and that was the start of hope for justice in Norway so we have some traction but um, 
I think you, you, uh, modern day slavery is all around us, and and it's one of those things that you like Will Will before said as well. Now you, when you know about it, you can't turn the mm. other way around and say that we didn't know. Mm. And it's like Jesus, who's who's going to ask us when when we ask when were you naked? Yes, it's it's basically the same thing. Same we thing. we yes. we've seen we know that people are being in chains, and mm. and God will ask us what did what you, do you do about, about it? it? Yeah. yeah. That's that's a very humbling mm. thought, isn't it? And of course, Hope for Justice is founded by is it Ben Cooley yeah. founded it, didn't he? Yeah. And he he's very well known and very well loved, an incredible guy. Um, so if people wanted to, first of all, if people wanted to come and visit Norway, yeah. where should they go? Obviously, UL Festival, which happens every summer. Absolutely. And actually, I yeah. would genuinely say. If you want to kind of challenge yourself, take young people out of their comfort zone, come and visit a different festival, come and meet Christians somewhere else, then then come and check out UL. But, but where else in Norway could we go? What's the good Well, of course, we have all the fjords. And, yes. and, and of course, you're not that far away. And we arranged trips here uh, during UL to the Pulpit Rock, which has now been used in uh, the newest uh, Mission Impossible movie. <gasps> Oh, does Tom Cruise like jump off it or jump? Yeah, on I, it? I am not sure if he's climbing up it oh. or what he's doing, but of course, in the movie, it says that it's in India. Do, oh, does yeah. it? Not that that hurt us feelings no, a lot, but, but yeah, there was lots of kind of pictures of Tom Cruise that then got like. Yeah, and we were looking forward like, oh, no, now it's Norway's yes. going on the big yes. radar, and then oh. suddenly, oh no, it's India. Yeah, it's India. Now the pulpit rock we should explain is this fantastic rock that sort of jets out into the fjord, yeah. and it's flat at the top. And crazy people can actually walk and stand on the edge, can't you? Yeah. And there's no, is, is there no health and safety no. in this country? No, no, no. They're, Apparently if not. If this was in England, they would be like, honestly, the most enormous like pirates, yeah. <laughs> and like plastic, yeah, and you'd yeah. have to like wear a harness <laughs> and have like four weights. But anyway, right. but in Norway, you can go and stand on the yeah. edge of there. So that's amazing. Yeah. So come to the Pulpit Rock. And so when you next come to the UK, where would you like to visit? Because people listening here from oh. all around the UK, so who do you want to go and stay with? Give us an name of a town and we'll set you up well, with some people. Uh, where do you want to go? Well, I will probably go because I want to visit the for Justice headquarters as well. I want to go to Manchester. Yes, yeah. great city. Uh, but my wife and me are both very. Uh, we will probably go to London again because we love musicals. And we were actually we ordered tickets. We have been to Hamilton, <gasps> not to rub it in, but we oh. been to Hamilton. It oh, was an amazing. Wow. Was musical. it great? Oh, yeah. that's good. I tell you what, you need to come to Luton as well. Have you uh-huh. heard of Luton? Yeah, I. Uh, when I played championship, uh, then I manager football game from like nineteen ninety four. I managed. Luton, so I've heard about this. Do, it. do yeah. you know? Yeah, there is so much between you and Martin Saunders. He he loves like washed up football teams, right, and right. he's also written a novel about football, uh-huh. which sold about three copies. So oh, right, if you come nice. to Luton, you guys can hang yeah, out. Yeah, maybe I can get to buy the fourth. The copy fourth copy. Yeah. We will find. I'll photocopy the fourth yes, copy for you. But Martin, thank you so thank much you so for much. your time. This is the Youthscape Podcast. What was that? Okay, so I'm not there, and you think it's open season to make fun of England's Messiah, my pre-evangelistic football novel, which I'll have you know has sold more than three copies. Well done, very good. It was pulped in 2011, like Alan Partridge's book. I always think when I think pulping, I think Alan Partridge. I think uh, you've got a new audience in Norway. I think you could get it translated into Norwegian. Get it out of the pulper. Yeah. Well. 
Um, I like I like the sound of Morton. He, he is, sounds like a nice guy. Awesome. I awesome. used to play um, Championship Manager as Luton Town as well. That's how I. A lot of us. I think Luton Town was a wow. was a popular choice for Championship Manager back in the day. Wow. So would you have played at the same time? I don't Maybe. understand how this works. You, know, you can't play online. Okay. I mean that wasn't invented then. No. But um, but yeah, you you could play as Luton Town. Awesome. Great fun. We, but we should. I mean, in all honesty, let's get them over to Youthscape at some point. I'd love yes. them to come over. Come so over. Cool. Buy one of the last remaining copies of what is now a collector's <laughs> item, England's Messiah. <laughs> And, uh, and we'll, we'll welcome you here and yeah, have a laugh over our names being slightly similar. Now, um, I am overwhelmed by the uh, speed and efficiency of producer Rachel because Ooh. we have here Ooh, have the, the audio mm-hmm. of you speaking at UL, um, but dubbed into English. Into English in a very strong Norwegian accent. In a strong accent. Norwegian accent. And I don't know how this is going to play, really, yeah. gentle listeners, because... Um, this is a video yep. of you moving around, and really the gag is you're moving around. I'm preaching and, and bumping, but jumping up and down quite a bit. Can we preach? put this on the Patreon? We'll put this on the Patreon. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, <laughs> then uh, you'll get this. <clears throat> great. If you're not, then this is a great moment to, to become a Patreon subscriber for 79 pence a This is how they treat their guest month. speakers in Norway. Okay, so this is, uh, if you can imagine, Rachel Gardner moving around a lot on stage, doing her thing... And here's her dubbed into English by Norwegians. It's raining here in Rugalar. What a shock. I mean, it's even wet down here. But anyways, now we're here at um, Kongeparken. And look at you all. You look just amazing. I am so excited for you, Elle. I mean, more excited than this even. Look at my arms. <laughs> and I have to warn you, when I get this excited, I'm going to start singing opera. I mean, real opera. Like, listen to me now. Oh! Yeah, I don't, I don't know what was going on there, <laughs> but I liked it. I think it was better their version, wasn't it? You do. So you're basically moving your arms a lot, and yes. uh, and so they they interpret they reinterpret <laughs> that as you singing opera. The Norwegians, eh? They're Bigger sort of dark dramas. Yeah. Not so big on the comedy. Uh, <laughs> hilarious I also caught up with uh, one of the worship pastors a woman called Line because years ago when I first went to Norway it really struck me that they had this sort of big sort of hill song fantastic great worship bands really engaging songs but the young people would just all stay seated and some of them would sing some of them wouldn't and then over the years I've noticed that they'll stand up more and get more involved and and I was asking Lino about that because it's so interesting isn't it Martin when you have the cultures meeting um, and in Norway the culture is that you don't stick your neck out you oh, don't wow. say look at me and and if you stand up to worship it's a way of kind of saying look at how great I am oh, really yeah so they've really been working on shifting the culture around actually with these Gosh. younger people saying actually no it's about surrender to Jesus so don't worry about what other people think and so now actually everyone is standing and doing what they want to do but it's amazing well I would love to listen to this interview and then I'd like to talk to you about charismatic worship <laughs> my friend uh, Lene and we're backstage at Hula. Lene, what are you doing here at the festival this week? Uh, I'm uh, leading worship. Fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and explain to us a little bit kind of the journey that UL have been on because when I first arrived here young people didn't stand to worship mm. and, and yet you've taken young people here on a real journey haven't you around yeah. exploring worship so what's been going on? Um, 
That's a good question. <laughs> I've totally thrown it at you. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think uh, most of uh, the people gathering here are from uh, Christian families and from churches or prayer house, mm. as we call it here. Uh, that's more... Uh, they're not so used to maybe stand when they worship yeah. and um, they've not uh, been talking so much about worship and what it can do and what it means. So I think uh, many people experience it new here. So, um, and I think the Spirit has been working here as well. And we've been uh, trying to <laughs> lead as good as we can and uh, trying to talk about it in seminaries and uh, but I think yeah I think it's uh, the work of God <laughs> through us yeah. uh, and uh, yeah as you told me uh, <laughs> last night that uh, you felt the difference yeah, from absolutely. when you were here like five years ago yeah, or, absolutely yeah, and that's very exciting mm. and I yeah it's like the spirit uh, has uh, I don't know set us free in some sort of way mm. these young kids uh, and I know that uh, the worship is, uh, means a lot for them uh, so that's that's very exciting Rachel, mm -hmm. you are a worshipper. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the hot seat this you, whole podcast. You enjoy a bit of worship, don't I you? Do. you I people, do. People don't know, people may not know, that you are an accomplished worship leader. Oh, and you worship. often lead worship on our team retreats. Mm. And it's, I remember the first time it happened, I was like, oh, mm. she does this as well? She plays middle C. Look at that. <laughs> and, um, mm. and, and so I have a question for you okay. about the charismatic expression of singing in church you know that thing where because I, I basically saw this when i was about 14 people raising their hands in worship okay mm. i'm now 40 i've always been too embarrassed to ask the question what's it all about mm. why do people raise their hands in worship well my lovely neighbor who fairly recently became a christian and her background is sort of um really painful lots of addictive behavior uh, she lifts her hands in worship and I recently said to her why do you do that and she said well when you're when you're in front of someone who's much stronger and bigger than you you put your hands up in surrender and wow. I've never heard it because she's so like not from a Christian background she hasn't got any jargon in her body and I thought that's it that's why we do it we do it because we physically want to demonstrate what this is meaning for us so I think I don't like the kind of charismatic worship where people feel that there's a kind of a culture we have to do it this certain way and, and someone starts doing a move mm, and everyone has to mm. copy. But I think using your body to express what this is meaning for you in this moment, I think it's incredibly powerful. Because um, we're physical beings, aren't we? And I think music, singing, is one of those things that comes out of your very gut. It's like it, your, your body becomes the instrument. So I think it makes a lot of sense that your hands follow. Um, but it's but it's only one way to worship, mm. isn't it? It's not it's not the whole thing. Do you do you think any form of arm raising 
uh, is sort of okay in terms of that. So, so you think like you see different people yeah. doing it in different ways. So there is a sort of a, almost a hip hop version yes. where where people sort of it's it's really a dance move, yeah. isn't it? And you sort of got your arm like like you're at a concert. Mm. Is that all right? Yes, of course. What about the uh, oh, a no few years ago going. at um, uh, at Soul Survivor? There were people who, who started pump. doing the fist pump. Yeah, fist pump. I love um, that. Yeah. There was a particular, Jamie Rodwell was the worship leader who started oh. popularised the fist bump oh, thing. Oh, right. Okay. Remember that? I've not that's, given this as much time. That's all right as well. Yes. What about airplane wings? Yeah, Can I do it. that? Yeah, of course you can. Oh, I'm going to do that next time. What about swimming? Like yeah. a sort of a swimming... Yeah, you can... I think catching the hamster and pulling it to you. Oh, yes. I think that's, I think that's great. You could... Do, that's becoming expressive dance. Catch it the hamster, is, pull it to true. you, release it as a dove. Actually, what I... I tell you what I saw a lot in the summer at the youth festivals I went to was people sort of banging their chests. Oh, yeah. Thumping their chests. But I think we are collective beings, aren't we? So I think there's something quite tribal about how we worship. Mm. That's fine. You're going to mm. see that in different pockets. But I think... What is so beautiful is we get to worship the creator of the universe. There's something about what we do in worship that pleases him. I mean, that, like, get your head around that. It's crazy, isn't it? So I think when, when we get that, there's a kind of a, it kind of liberates us, I think, a little bit from, I mean, what I find very difficult, this is me being honest now, is if I'm in a setting where we're worshiping Jesus and people look completely bored, I, mm. I almost want to get them by the scruff of the neck and say, just go and sit outside. Like, yeah. like this, this is something or it's nothing. And I know that that's an extreme part of my nature, which is not always very helpful because it's quite judgy, isn't it? I'm sort of saying to you, because you don't look like you're worshiping, I think you're not. So I think we need to be careful, don't we, that we don't, judge other people's quality of their heart from what we see them doing but I but I do think it's a great I think it's a great disservice to young people and to God if we as people gather together and we bore the pants of ourselves yeah. <laughs> let alone young people and God so I think I'd like us to get a lot more creative in our worship we do have a responsibility as as, as youth leaders if we're in a context where like church yeah um, we definitely have a a responsibility not to look at our phones during worship mm. not to look bored mm. not to look disengaged you know if you're not somebody who's very physically mm. expressive at least look like you care mm. about being there mm. I think because mm. actually they're looking at you all the time so mm. that's that's why I go back to being 14 mm. is I was looking at my youth leader and my youth leader was just going, going for, for it at oh, the wow. front and and diving on yeah. the floor you know maybe a little too much from him yeah. um, but I was like okay this means this something means to something. you yeah. therefore I'm going to see if it means something yeah. to me too and of course, it's always the, the risk of emotionalism. There's always a risk of control and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's why I think it's so important that also we are worshippers in private, that we learn how to worship Jesus when it's just us and him and no one else around. You know, that's really important that we do that as well. Because then our public worship is an expression of that private place. Mm. It's not then something we put on. Um, A.W. Tozer, I'm reading a lot of it at oh, the moment. Oh, come on, not again. It's quite a lot about the kind of self-absorbedness of, of, of worship if I need things to be in a certain way before mm. I'm then feeling uh, oh I feel like worshipping now then actually there's something about that that's a little bit we need to challenge that in ourselves mm. if we can't worship Jesus stood at the bus stop and it's raining and the water's just splashing in our face if we can't in that moment say Jesus I come to you and you're awesome not in a fake kind of oh everything's fine but if, if in that space we can't say God you are good then it's the only time we say God you're good is when there's perfect music mm. it's my favourite song you know the person next to my fancy whatever it is yeah. then actually we need to question how much we're learning to be worshippers so it's a big that, challenge that feels like almost the most profound way in oh, which no, we you... could end oh, this yeah. 
podcast, but we're going to go even more profound now. Oh, we're going to we? end with some music. Oh, yeah. So you t- you recorded this <laughs> no at, the, at the UL, uh yeah. event in good... They were sitting... Good, what's it called? In Where, Common Park. Go- they, were, they were sitting in a circle with their eyes shut, so I just put my phone in there. You just <laughs> recorded... You, that's almost abusive. You recorded people singing no without permission. their consent. Yeah, no, no consent. So this was recorded without anybody's consent. <laughs> We're very sorry. Uh, but uh, we'll see you soon on the Youthscape podcast. This is some Norwegians. Yeah.